Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. We have a lot to talk about today. We're gonna start with Britney Spears. We showed you the video uh, the other day of Britney playing with knives in her home, wielding them around her dogs, and ending up sometime later with these mysterious cuts, cut on her leg, a bandage on her arm. Well, guess what? Police, the police took notice. Yeah, and they took notice and showed up on Britney's doorstep uh, on Wednesday night. They went there to perform a welfare check uh, because there were concerns and it was all based on that video, couple of videos that she posted, including the one with the bandages. This is not the first time the police have done a welfare check uh, at that home and um, there is some connection between the past and the present because at least one person who was involved in this in the past was alarmed enough to sound the alarm this time, and that's why the police went out. Yeah, it wasn't just a random fan that made this call. So the person who made it was a member of the LAPD SMART team, which is the unit that goes to scenes where someone's facing some sort of mental issue or having a mental health crisis. They've dealt with Britney before, and they've been part of those welfare checks in the past. They're the ones who saw this video and flagged it to the Ventura County Sheriff's Department, who then sent deputies out to Brittany's house. They were able to make it past the first security gate and then were stopped by security at the second gate, uh, Brittany's very personal security, who said, look, we appreciate you coming here. She is okay. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. And that was good enough for deputies. So they felt that they could leave. She was all right. They later got a call from Brittany's attorney uh, who said, and just kind of asked, hey, why were you guys out here? They explained to the attorney that it wasn't fans who called. It was a member of the LAPD team. And that's why they felt that they should make the, uh, the response at Brittany's house. I have a couple of comments about this. Number one is, it's interesting that the sheriffs relied on what the security team said, which is employed by Britney Spears, and that they left without saying, hey, can we, her. as opposed to, hey, we would really like to see her. I think that's interesting. The second thing that's interesting to me is she's lived um, in this area, which is serviced by the LA County, or the Ventura County Sheriff's Department for a long time. Yet you have this LAPD was an LAPD people. person yeah, who, Harvey, here's, who, here's, prior, who prior, at some point prior. Harvey, here, here's what happened. There's a call that came into the LAPD SMART team. The LAPD SMART team then um, talked to the Sheriff's Department. The Sheriff's Department vetted the person who called. It wasn't just a fan, but the person who called who was concerned, it was someone that called the LAPD instead of the Sheriff's Department. Right, but, but, but right. my understanding is that the person at the LAPD and this is what I was told by people connected to Brittany as well, that they had, the person who called from LAPD had some prior contact with Britney Spears with respect to a welfare well, what, check. What I was told is, Harvey, the deputy that went out has gone out before. I think he went out the first time there was a welfare no, check. No, not the deputy. I'm talking about the person oh, who yeah, sounded the, the alarm. LAPD. Well, the person that sounded the alarm was, was LAPD. Actually, well, well, yes. Well, it wasn't the LAPD. It was, it was a, a, a person who called the LAPD, and the sheriff's department vetted that person to make sure it wasn't just some fan or someone saying, oh, my God, you're going to go to Britney's house. So they there are three steps here. There's, yeah, so they Someone vetted, calls the LAPD team. The LAPD team then calls. Ventura, and then right. Ventura, and Ventura vets the person yes, Ventura who called vetted, LAPD. Ventura, the tipster, who was someone connected in Britney's world and wanted to remain anonymous, and that's how they just didn't go out because there were a, f a few other people that called the sheriff's department and say, "Hey, she's kind of acting crazy. Fans, go, right. you know, go and check on her." But they're and, not so gonna... and the other thing that's really interesting about this that I cannot figure out: Britney and team knew that this welfare check was going to happen, and I find that really puzzling, and I'm not sure how that happened, but I know they knew. 
and I'm not sure why they knew, right. and I don't know how they knew, but they knew. That makes it all the weirder to me that the sheriff's deputies were just... Didn't, didn't actually exactly. see Brittany well, face to face. Exactly. I, I spoke to someone who said that the deputies that were there, they spoke to security and said, I'm with her right there. She does not want you guys I in. Understand She's that. okay. And, and they're then, also being paid by Brittany Spears. And that's the weird part of this. Right. Hey guys, it's Malik Devante from Washington, D.C. And I'm going to continue to say, let's keep Brittany's as well spirits and good spirits and prayers. And, you know, the knife thing was just out of the usual, but, you know, it's in your own home and she's locked in. But I'm going to continue to keep Brittany's in prayers and hopefully she keep good people around her so that keep her protecting the safe and good energy. Because, you know, we, we want to make sure we, we want the best for Brittany. She's an American treasure. And it's just, you know, you get kind of tired of seeing these things about her in the media and people kind of protecting her. Um, it's many things going on in the world today and somebody's, you know, getting a run this fair check because they're playing with knives on the video, which I get. But it's, it's bigger things in the world we, we, we can focus yeah, on. Except, except her fans got her out of this thing. So now the question is, now that she's out of it, who say other than praying for her, which, by the way, we're going to get into prayer in a minute, but um, later in the show... But other than praying for her, you can't just wish that somebody is well when there's a huge problem. And that's one of the reasons that people, us included, honestly, yeah. are putting a focus on this because there's a problem. That has um, to be addressed. Yes. Uh, we're going to move on. Yes. Uh, to the very first PDA between America's first couple, uh, Wait. Taylor Swift. Wait, it went from nothing to there. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We got an image that... I think should end any of this debate about whether it is a real relationship. Thank you, Charles. This, yes, fine. How much crow do I have to eat? A lot. Uh, <laughs> every day with this. Uh, Taylor Swift, that image is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey on Sunday evening after the Chiefs game, after their, their victory over the Bears, and this is at a restaurant in Kansas City. By the way, that is, an, top restaurant. That is an arm that has been around that shoulder for um, more than one time. More than one, yes. They look very comfortable together. Extremely. This is so cute. She's like sitting right in between his legs. This is more than a, like a, a three dates. They've definitely been together for like two yes. months now all the time. It is so close and this is so hot. They're one of the hottest couples now. This was- Name a, a hotter. Name a hotter. I honestly, I can't think of another hotter couple like who, like, who was it? Nobody. Uh, nobody. They are the hottest. Like, Kim Kardashian would have to, like, come out with, like, Tom Brady or something, maybe. But, like, this is the ultimate couple. <laughs> um, by the way, this, the, the other people who were there are really Travis's inner circle. He had rented out this entire restaurant um, for their post-game celebration. So it was mostly Look at those two people. Close friends. Look at those two people just glaring at him in the back. <laughs> that is just, I never really saw that. That I'm guy in the world. What's, uh, what's Taylor <laughs> drinking there? See, there, there are two drinks on the counter? Uh, apparently, she's drinking something. She liked that, Well, that's yeah, she was drinking whiskey. a lot. And her and Brittany Mahomes were actually hanging out. They took a shot together, and they're supposed to hang out in the future. Brittany Mahomes is like the actual like, winner in all of so this. So, Brittany Mahomes, who is Patrick's the wife. Patrick's wife, um, and heretofore, were really the first couple of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was the queen. And Patrick Mahomes was had the best-selling jersey. He is the Super Bowl MVP. He was they're the not big man on campus. They're not vice president. Well, today <laughs> he addressed the fact that Travis has sort of crossed over now into a different level of celebrity. I know the same respect Travis Kelsey has gone wild. You said you didn't, haven't gotten to meet her yet. Did you get her to this after party? Did you meet Taylor Swift? What do you think yeah. of the whole thing? Yeah, I, I met her. I met her. She was, uh, she's really cool. Good people. Um, but 
like Travis said, man, I'm going to let them have their privacy um, and uh, just keep it moving. Uh, privacy, Patrick? <laughs> well, meaning I let them talk about it. She he doesn't went. want to be in the... And actually, I think that's this is very interesting. This is they, a good point. They love it. No, but Patrick no, and I know Taylor they love it. Travis, Travis, Travis and Taylor, and Taylor love right. it. Right, but I, this is an interesting point because now that we know that they had seen each other before and that his friends and teammates knew about the fact that he was seeing it shows you how loyal they are. teammates yeah. are because yeah. they knew and nobody said no, anything. No, you're right. absolutely right. Well, that's right. the thing. Patrick Mahomes had more training how to answer that one question that he has in his entire career. I think, it was a bad, I think it's a bad answer. It's he, not a bad answer. What are you had, talking about? He should have had fun with it. He said I she mean, was great. Travis good people. Is, I know, but Travis is having fun with more. it. His brother's but having fun. But that's for Travis to have fun with. And his brother's a different story because that's family. But... Here's the thing. Once Taylor shows up at the stadium, all bets are off in terms of privacy. Uh, speaking of which, Sunday night, uh, that is right. expected to happen. When the Chiefs are playing the New York Jets, you know normally the in New York, and she's expected to go to the game. Do you game. know what the ratings for this upcoming game is going to be? NBC. It's going to be nuts. NBC, NBC must is going yes. crazed. Yes. This is a <laughs> goldmine for NBC because they're getting people who have no interest in sports to suddenly start watching these games. Right. And they're getting a lot of women. Um, in fact, I think I, I, I read something last uh, on the Monday. Num the, the number of women. Female viewership. Skyrocketed. Yeah. And they got 24 million and people. And nobody knew about that one until, until the game it happened. started. Right, that's right. And, people and they still exactly. ran to their TV. Exactly. Casey Smith, Atlanta, Georgia. You know, his podcast is the number one most downloaded podcast right now. Jersey sales are up 400%. I mean, the Chiefs game was the most watched game in the NFL week three, and now she's going to attend uh, Meadowlands and, uh, and for the Jets game. So uh, it's real, and the Swifties have taken the sports world by storm. I wonder if – can you know, imagine – this, this would have been the ultimate test. If Aaron Rodgers That's just not, what I was thinking. If Aaron Rodgers had no, not been injured. that's just what I was going to say to you. You'd have Aaron Rodgers, that's just Patrick what I was Mahomes, say to you. sprinkled Taylor Swift over I, it. I, I was just going to say, Aaron Rodgers would have loved this. Oh, yeah. Loved this. That's so funny. What okay. could have been? Are we thinking alike? Oh. I know. Kim Kardashian is, I think... I would say undoubtedly. I want you to finish the sentence. Is the queen <laughs> of that family, right? She's yes. She wears the yes. crown. Yes. Everybody else. Yes. Are for sure. I don't want to say her subjects, but um, no. She is the sun around the Kardashian. Right. And everybody else has done system. really well. In fact, I mean, financially, Kylie has done better and, than and, and, Kim. In part, in large part because of Kim. Right. Exactly. Well, Courtney <laughs> is not willing to cede the crown to Kim. And they have battled well, for uh, years. Can I extend the metaphor of Kim being the son? Mm -hmm. Courtney is not willing to see the light. Ooh, look at you. Huh. Someone write that for you? No, I swear to God, I just thought of it. All right, well, the writer's strike is over, so you're fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had a huge battle. Now, we've seen them fight before on other seasons of their reality show. This one just felt more nasty. The words that were used. It felt personal. The way that, yes, it felt very personal. Here is their battle. You're talking about the details because it's all your egotistical, selfish mind can think about. You cannot stand someone else being the center of attention. You came to my wedding. You couldn't be happy. You complained from the second you got there till the second you left. That's what it's about. Are you happy? Yes. I have a happy life. And it doesn't, the happiness comes when I 
get the away from you guys. Well, your kids have even come to me with problems that they have and how you are, so. Is that helpful? You're like adding it into a fight to like have a side, like it's you and my friends and my kids and everyone against me. It's like, you're just a witch and I hate you. She went for the jugular, Kim did, by saying, saying that your kids, kids have right, come your to kids me. Go, that, was, that was gratuitous. That is and that over was really the top. I got to say kind of nasty. And by the way, this so what started the whole argument that you heard there was that they were they were actually looking at last season of the show when they were showing They were uh, arguing Courtney's, about an argument they had before. Courtney, <laughs> yes. But they were she had watched Courtney's wedding on last season, and I guess Courtney saw Kim saying things that triggered her and that started this argument. Wow, that was nasty. Um, yeah. This is really sad to see you guys because at the end of the day, you know, whether you love or hate the Kardashians, you don't really want to see a family broken up like this. And look, Kim and Courtney, they've had their problems throughout the years. Remember, there was that infamous fist fight between Courtney and Kim where Kim's makeup like ended up on the wall and like everyone talked about it for years and years. But you know what? But why that one felt like, all right, sisters do that. Right. Like siblings do physical. But this that was, was, this was this very, very like personal. cut to the bone. Yeah. And also, we know, like, look, reality shows, they're not really reality. There's a lot of scripts involved. Like, hey, let's touch on this. Let's touch on this. This felt spontaneous. This felt yeah. real. It felt hurtful. And, I mean, you could kind of tell by Kim's face, she's just, like, listening, like, taking it in. Like, wow, is she really going through all this right now? I agree with you, except... I think one of the things Kim was thinking of as she was silent was, how am I going to back at her? And she figured right. it out. Should I your say the kids, thing about the kids? Your kids have I'm a problem with you. By the way, that drags the kids into it, too. Yeah. And um, yeah, there will be. that surprises me. I got to say, that surprises me. I'm Marcus White. I'm calling in from New York. And I was so shocked when I seen that scene. I mean, my mouth was on the floor when Kim was going in on Courtney. She also, in that scene, she said in that scene that they have a group chat um, titled, Not Courtney. She told the entire world, like she talked to her sister, but she told the entire world that her family, her friends, and her kids hate her. Like, who says that? What type of sister says that on a TV show? I feel like maybe it's time for Courtney to leave the show. She could take what her brother has and her stepfather Caitlin did is leave the show um she doesn't want to be around the family that's what it sounds like to me the one thing you're missing is they could have had this conversation in private they chose to do it not just when the cameras were rolling but after the cameras were rolling they all greenlit this to go on the air right that is what is super surprising uh okay we're gonna move on but that's also what keeps that show rolling <laughs> season after season which means gets them that deal. trumps relationships in a way <laughs> wow Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to a, a different view of Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Um, we know that they are, of course, in this huge battle over in their divorce and, more importantly, the custody of their children. Uh, but yesterday we got to see them both in a co-parenting um, uh, moment. Uh, in a moment of co-parenting, yes. Yeah. So Joe Jonas uh, had the kids in the afternoon. Um, this is in New York City where they've agreed that Wait, the children... Just, can I just stop... Go back to his face. Boy, that... He just seemed very... You, you just feel that divorce when you look at that face. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to... But then as soon as the kid's there, you have to right. smile and you've right. got to be like, everything is normal. Right. Um, but he had the kids in the afternoon. Uh, earlier in the day, though, Sophie had the kids. And interestingly, she was seen... Uh, Daily Mail got this 
shot of her leaving Taylor Swift's apartment in New York City, where it seems she's staying with the children. Yeah, and it's obvious here now with these pictures that she's leaning on her friends. Obviously, uh, Sophie and Joe are going through a very messy divorce. Well, at times it seems messy, and then at other times it seems like they're putting on a front uh, for the young children. Um, but the custody war uh, continues, but it's nice to know that she has people like Taylor Swift to lean on in this time. It's also really interesting. Taylor Swift, who knows both of them and dated Joe, she is, I mean, unless I'm really mistaken here and off, really has taken a side on this. I, I would, yeah, the fact that Sophie is staying there. And has been with her, all, they've almost been inseparable. Yeah, uh, from the moment that Sophie so got, got back, back to New York. The, yeah. yeah. Um, so, which is, by the way, where they're going to be for a while, because until this federal judge rules on where the divorce go is going to happen, they can't go anywhere. They're probably going to stay there. With it her. is a, a, as bitter as, as as it's been in the court filings and uh, that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. It is nice to see that they are actually able to co-parent, co-parent, yeah. and that hopefully in front of the kids. None but of I got to say, vitriol. Go back to that out. one picture, Reagan. Of he Joe. definitely looks Boy, like you just see what's going on in that lot weighing on that manner. Leslie in Arkansas. And, you know, I really feel for Joe Jonas in this situation. I mean, divorces are messy regardless if they're nice. And he's really just doing what he thinks he needs to do to protect his kiddos. And, um, you know, you can see the anguish in his eyes. By the way, just because you didn't see it on Sophie's face there doesn't mean she's not going through it too. Well, the second GOP debate um, proved one thing for certain, what is that one thing? That the seven candidates all have a lot to say. The problem is they all want to say it at the same time. And I maybe this is their desperation to, um, to try and get a foothold, to try and get to voters because I, I, Trump has such a big lead. I, I agree with you, but, but that is just one of so many things that were wrong about last night. Uh, but this is just a sample uh, of um, a... Uh, clearly a heated moment, but it wasn't even about what people were saying. Everybody it's, was just talking, talking, talking. Oh, talking, my gosh. Excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Literally. While I'm speaking. Well, literally. No, you said bot pay for If I may finish. You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges we should have. Can we focus on the issues that matter? We know we did business in China. Everybody knows that. Let's focus on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what we need to be focusing on. I actually agree with Ron DeSantis. So this is the way this went for two hours, where the moderators lost control. An impossible job. It was, That's it, not it, their it, fault. It, it wasn't their fault. It was an impossible job. And these guys, I'm telling you, it's like I'm fascinated. I love politics. These were all almost all canned answers that didn't even answer the questions that were asked. And it was so obvious to the audience, to me at least, was I'm, when I'm watching it, it's like, do you realize you did not answer anything remotely connected to that question? And the answer is yes, they do know that. All night long, and it was annoying. So and is a turn this, off, I think. So is, can you win on a night like that? Did someone win? Um, joining us right now is someone who understands a lot about these campaigns and how to win them. O'Brien Murray is a, a political strategist, campaign strategist. For, for both Democrats both. and Republicans. Exactly. So uh, he's joining us right now. O'Brien, welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks for having me, everybody. So, O'Brien, I, I watch a lot of these debates. I try to watch all of them. This was special in that it was just impossible to me. Um, and I don't think many people came out looking good. What say you? Well, I think you bring up an important point. You watch them all. Most people don't. 
most people would have turned it off relatively quickly. They would have seen the first one, not the second one, second one, not the first one. Um, and, and as you saw right there, it's very tough to break through. You couldn't hear anybody. And that makes everyone turn the channel. But don't they, do the candidates, when they're being prepared for this, do, does someone say to them, you can't get into a situation where you're just screaming over each other? Because you're right. I think that they probably did see a lot of people tune out at that point. There were a couple of times where there were there's so much crosstalk, it was impossible. impossible to understand. And it just made, I mean, I had to fight to not turn the channel <laughs> because it is a turnoff. Do you, did the candidates get any preparation for that? Or yeah. is it just like, scream no matter what, get your point out? I think what you saw a few times there was as they talked over each other, um, they would then try to break through. And, and, and DeSantis talked over uh, Tim Scott a couple of times and he was able to go right through it and just out talk him. And, and Scott just faded away. Nikki Haley broke through with 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 a great shot, too, at one point. So th there is a breakthrough opportunity. No question about it. Who came out good and who came out bad? I think Nikki Haley came out came out good. I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, you yeah, Christie's getting a lot of play off that duck comment. I don't know whether it's good or bad. So if you're Donald Trump and they spell your name right, you like it. If you're Chris Christie and they, and they play it and say that it was a dumb thing to say, then what does that do for him? Who came out bad? I, I, I think uh, DeSantis still misses an opportunity. He's there at center stage. He didn't command the stage, I don't think, as much. Uh, and, and I think when you look at anybody else, when you don't think about him right at, 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 off the top, it's a missed opportunity. So, so I don't think anyone came out bad. I think Tim Scott may have been able, may have underperformed what people expected as well. Uh, so that becomes an issue for him, what the expectations are versus what he delivered. Uh, they all had opportunity to deliver a message. Whether or not it got through to the voters or not is another question. Ramaswamy? I, I think he, he was put in the barrel and they were all went after him. Why? I don't know. But he also had the opportunity when they went after him to really rise the occasion. And I think he missed an opportunity there as well. Uh, he is the non-politician in this race at this point, but he doesn't really come across that way, I think. Uh, he also was very brutal back and forth with quite a number of the candidates, it seemed. And I'm not sure that goes over too well with voters. Um, going back to Chris Christie's comment, uh, the Donald Duck looking think, straight into the camera. It, it, yeah, exactly. It, it just seemed so performative. Right. And obviously it was something that he had rehearsed and that he intended to get this in. When you're preparing the candidate, do you say that this is a high degree of difficulty to pull this off? <laughs> Maybe you don't want to do this because- I, I don't, don't know that I would give him that, that line. I mean, what, what was the purpose of doing that? So he can now not look that great on TV now? Um, you guys have been covering Donald Trump for how long? Your show is how many Correct. years old, from day one? Yeah, we've been covering yeah. Donald Trump for, from day one, 18 years ago. So has anybody ever used that term to describe him before, Donald Duck? No, no, no. Well, why not? This doesn't work? It's, yeah, it, yeah doesn't, it, didn't, it didn't land with me. It I thought, didn't land. I thought, like, I thought his wind-up was pretty good. Right. It, it seemed like it was going to be good, but like they say, it didn't just pay like off. gymnastics, you have to stick the landing. That's right. And maybe without the punchline, it would have been better. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly. exactly the way I felt when he did the punchline. I thought, boy, you blew it. <laughs> you totally blew. Your and he mind. also he also I don't know about you, O'Brien. To me, uh, Nikki Haley and Chris Christie seemed the most rational to me. I don't know. I, I, that's the way I feel. I don't know if that's the way um, other not people received other it. Voters will see that. I don't know if they re if they saw it that way, but it, they just felt a little more. 
I don't know. They felt more rational and that they were in the game of running for president and not just yakking. In that front, Chris Christie talking about Donald Duck and referring to Donald Trump in that manner, that gets played out. Okay, the independents like it. Democrats that might vote for him like it. But that doesn't make them vote against Biden. Right. And it doesn't help in a Republican primary to get the Trump voters. Right. Right. So at the end of the day, that's a negative for him. Don't forget, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott went after each other, too. Nikki Haley appointed Tim Scott to the U.S. Senate. Yeah, Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's why that 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 seemed pretty personal, that exchange. Anyway, uh, O'Brien, thank you so much for being with us. It's fun to play uh, Thursday morning quarterback. Thank you, (laughs) O'Brien. On debates. Okay, Doc, we are going to take a break. All right, when we come back, uh, baseball legend Kurt Schilling uh, reveals that one of his teammates, former teammates, has cancer. Except the teammate didn't want that information to be out to the public. So why did he do it? He is unapologetic. He's unapologetic, and his answer, religion. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, former baseball great, uh, World Series champ, Kurt Schilling, is sparking a conversation today about when is it okay to reveal um, a close friend's whatever they're going through. Uh, if ever. If ever. If well, ever. Kurt seems to think there is a good time because he did do that. Uh, Kurt Schilling, who of course pitched for the Red Sox, for the Diamondbacks, um, won World Series. Uh, he revealed on his podcast uh, something about his former Red Sox teammate, Tim Wakefield. And uh, what he told the world is that Tim has been diagnosed with brain cancer, um, which obviously people were very surprised to hear. But he also revealed that Tim didn't want this information out. And now there is a huge backlash uh, from other teammates, wives of teammates, against Kurt Schilling. But first, here is what he had to say uh, on his show. Tim Wakefield, uh, you know, you remember Tim Wakefield, the uh, the knuckleballer, um, is uh, sick. And uh, I talked with Doug Mirabelli yesterday, and this is not a message that Tim has asked anyone to share, and I don't even know if he wants it shared. But uh, as a Christian and as a man of faith, I've seen prayer work, and so I'm going to talk about it. Recently, Tim was diagnosed with a very serious, very aggressive form of brain cancer. The situation in, in Tim's case is incredibly serious. Um, and he went in and had surgery. I remember when I was sick, uh, the things that happened to me and the people that reached out to me, it was always a good thing. Always made my heart feel good to know that someone that I hadn't spoken to was still thinking of me. Uh, and I, I wanted to say and do this for that reason. So I gotta tell you something. You know, it reminds me when Will Smith told uh, Chris Rock, keep your wife's name out of mm-hmm. your mouth. It's like, why are you putting your religion ahead of somebody else's wishes, no matter what you think? I mean, I, look, there are times when it, you know, if you don't know and you talk about it and that's happened before, but he said, I have talked to him. He does, I don't think he wants this out, but I'm gonna tell you anyway, because I so believe in prayer that despite what he's saying, if everybody prays, maybe there'll be a miracle. That's not right. I I don't I don't I don't get it. I mean, if I get him saying Kurt Schilling, the part where he says, "Look, I believe in the power of prayer. I've been through this, and I I understand how it can help." But then have that conversation with Tim Wakefield, right? And he and may then, not feel the same way. Have that exactly, but at least try to convince him. And if Tim's on board, 
then you do it. Right. But to just come out did and it say it. He did it despite of so, so other teammates um, <laughs> have come out, saw this, heard it, and they are blasting him because they just feel like it was completely out of line. In fact, uh, Jason Varitek, who was the catcher for Kurt Schilling and Tim Wakefield, um, his wife came out <laughs> and put it very simply, Blank you, Kurt Schilling, that wasn't your place. Yeah, these guys played, like you said, Charles, on a team together, a very successful team too, by the way. Just, Kurt, text uh, Tim Wakefield or text his wife and, and ask, hey, is it okay if I uh, reveal this information? I, you know, I'd, I'd like to ask uh, my fans uh, for a prayer for you. I, I don't understand why he did this now, right? You've got uh, former teammates mad at him. It, it was already a stress, a strained relationship with Kurt Schilling because there's some political things that right. uh, his ex-teammates haven't exactly seen eye to eye with him on. I, I don't get it. I, I, I just, get it. I, I, I totally understand why he did it. He did it. He did it because for his he own. thinks his religion is um, more important. Is so enlightened that he that he, he can he's his intention is to help um, to help him, but he said, my religion is so important to me and I know it would help him that it doesn't matter what he thinks. I know Kurt a little bit. I even reached out to him and said, hey, do you want to say anything about this? And he, he writes back very eloquently, no, that's it. So no, <laughs> I, I guess he's not going to address it. Hey, Tony here in India. I, I completely agree. He's using his religion to get clicks and views onto his podcast. This is a guy who's been fired from ESPN in the past. Uh, he broke the bond and trust of not only Tim Wakefield, a, a longtime teammate, but other teammates. This guy peaked at the uh, bloody sock game. It's just sad. It's almost like he just wants to get those clicks and those viewerships instead of st sticking with the wishes of one of his former players. This is just a very sad situation. And I hope Kurt ends up apologizing for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to move on. Yeah. Uh, to a surprise appearance from a celebrity who just a few weeks ago everyone believed was dead. That would be Lil Tay, um, the influencer and rapper um, who kind of disappeared for a long time. It's been five years since we've seen Lil Tay. And she showed up at LAX yesterday with her mom and her brother. Um, clearly, she is ready for a comeback after the death hoax. What do you think you're gonna start for you, uh, Lil Tay in the future? Is it true that your father faked his death? Can you tell us any more about what your father did? Have you seen him or spoken to him? Is he denied it? So you remember back in 2018, the only reason she even left LA was she was doing all the antics and her dad actually filed that court order to basically make her come back to Vancouver. And then we did the story recently, the mom actually, I mean, it's been a long drawn out court case, won the custody battle. So that's basically why she's now able, able to travel back uh, to Los Angeles. And the fact that she was covering up her face, I, you know, I don't know why she's here, but obviously there's after that death hoax, we are all thinking, okay, they did this because she wants to have some sort of comeback. Well, that, it, and now it, the fact that she came to LAX with bodyguards and everyone, but she's completely covering her face. We have no idea what her hair looks like, what we don't, I mean, I she was a kid. The, I think that's the point. Right. I think exactly. that's exactly the point. And the, look, there are a lot of people who think she was behind this whole hoax and right. she says no, but I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> that certainly looks like this was all part of a plan. Yep. Two very uh, unexpected um, topics last night at the GOP debate. Um, 
One, Taylor Swift, but in fairness, we brought up Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. And, and for a very good reason. But the person that we spoke to about uh, Taylor Swift is what was really odd. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, the Democrat, was at this GOP debate. He was in the spin room, and um, I think there's a reason for it. I mean, everybody's talking about Gavin Newsom certainly as being a candidate in 2028. And there's a lot of people saying, maybe if Biden does step down, right. he becomes the heir apparent. So um, our intrepid producer, Jacob Wasserman, uh, was there and asked him the question that um, was on our minds because pop culture sometimes makes presidents. Oh, yes. Look at Bill Clinton, makes, look makes at Obama. So here's what he said. What role do you think celebrities play in this election? Uh, I think Taylor Swift stands tall and unique. Now, I know you may not be as interested in Taylor Swift as so many others, uh, but what she was able to accomplish just in getting young people activated to consider that they have a voice and they should have a choice in the next election, I think is profoundly powerful. And I think she's using her celebrity for good. Uh, I find it height of irony. A lot of Republicans were critical of her encouraging people to register to vote, which says everything you need to know about the voter suppression going on in the Republican Party. Don't you find it interesting that Gavin Newsom is paying attention to how Taylor Swift is moving in politics? And I'm sure he's keeping tabs on how other celebrities are influencing voters, especially young people who mainly demo, who, man, who mainly benefit the Democratic yeah, Party. But she's, I got 70, she's got 72 right. million followers. Um, these elections, the last election was decided by 44,000 votes. Taylor Swift, if she gets involved, and she was involved in 2020, she could make the difference in the election, right? Yeah, and that's why I think he's paying attention to her, because the number of followers, and we've all seen this entire year, what her power is right. as, uh, during her tour. Hey, Jacob, was it interesting to you being there? I thought it was incredibly interesting. I have to say, I... I feel bad in a way for maybe some of the candidates who came into the spin room fresh off the debate and I think they were a little thrown off that the first question at them was what do you think about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey because that was definitely the case for Mike Pence, uh, <laughs> Governor Bridgham and a few well, others. Well look, I gotta tell you, you did a good job. Good job. You're really good job. Can I make, give you one little note? I'm always receptive to uh, positive mm -hmm. criticism. The next time you leave the office for a debate like this, make sure your socks match. You know, that was so <laughs> yeah, blown yeah, 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 out of yeah, proportion, yeah. okay? <laughs> Charles, feel like you might have said something. I don't no know one noticed. About. I don't know I noticed. Fine. Charlie, I noticed. <laughs> okay, it is that time of the week, folks. Yes, uh, your favorite time of the week. Tim is here with his rejects. What's what do you got, on? Tim? All right, so would you guys consider a water slide extreme sport? Depends no. on the size of the water slide. Oh. Harvey, you may want to uh, change your answer on this. So check this out. This guy's going on one of those big water slides, but there's oh. someone oh, down what there the, what and the does a flip over the guy going down the water slide. What? And they both land pretty good. One guy goes in the water, the other guy Wait, lands. How did the other guy end up sliding off? Because yeah. he didn't have the, he didn't have momentum. the momentum of... No, it's someone else. Oh, it's a different else. guy. Yeah, it's a different okay. guy. Oh, I, got it, got it. I yeah. get it. I so get the, it. One guy okay. just did a flip and landed. Okay, I stand corrected. Next. Yep. So parkour is dangerous, but also fun. So uh, oh, I, I, I love when Tim brings up parkour. <laughs> All right. No, I'm totally kidding. So what happens when you do parkour, but you add a dog into the mix? So this is exactly what happened. A dog is racing a human up the ledge, and it looks like the dog is doing really good. It is. Really good agility. And it the dog's got four legs. It should it, beat him. Well, it ties the human, but uh, nonetheless, pretty good. There are no ties. Come on, you got to have a photo Well, it looks pretty close to me. I mean, 
Mm. All right. Uh, I don't know, but pretty cool. Dog, dog I barely watched the guy, but I'm really impressed with the dog. Do you know what they call the sport, Harvey? Parkour. Barkor. Barkor, exactly. Oh, I get it. <laughs> right. Okay, last one. Okay, so Harvey, I know golf isn't your most favorite sport. I hate sport. golf. Right. I hate golf. Okay, but check this out. You really like this. So this guy, he's teeing off. He's got a nice clean shot to the fairway here. He yeah. takes his swing. Well, check out where the ball goes. It hits the ball, uh, the tee box marker, and comes back to him, and it hits him in the crotch. Oh! Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. So pretty funny, but. Oh, that's a trick shot to him. Yeah. There's a trick shot. Wow. Okay, Tim. All right. All right. Way to go, Tim. Yeah, be careful out there. Wow. All right. One of Meghan Markle's former co-workers, or co-star, uh, on Suits. Which, by the way, has become a hit on it streaming. Is, on Netflix, it is so huge. So, um, Patrick Adams was getting a little nostalgic yesterday for his <laughs> days. Now, they were love interests on the show. And so he actually posted a bunch of uh, behind-the-scenes photos of Megan and other cast members from back in the day when she was still on the show. And not with Harry. Yes, and not with Harry. No big deal, right? Well, it actually got him in a big deal. big deal because there's a little thing going on called the uh, strike, sag after strike, and you're not supposed to be posting anything from your productions. So he ended up deleting those photos and had to post this lengthy apology but I thought part of this, too, was people were upset because there were kind of sexy pictures and they thought, why are you doing There were some people, I think, probably on the other side of the pond who felt like this was untoward to be showing these photos of her, even though there's nothing there, yeah, that racy nothing. there. Yeah, I She's laying on a couch. People are going to get upset no matter what, what was posted. If it was just her face, her hair, her body, they're going to have something to say because it's Meghan Markle, whatever the case may be. Um, he had deleted the pictures. He, felt, he said that it was an embarrassing oversight. Things happen. Give him a break. The strike's over. Give him a break. No, 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 no. The SAG after strike is not over. The SAG after strike, not over. Still going, and that's why he had to apologize. Hi, my name is Aiko. I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and I feel so bad for Patrick. It sucks making mistakes in general in real life, but having to do it in um, the public eye is so hard, and especially with someone with a name like Meghan Markle and with everything that's going on, I hope that he did learn from this and from this teaching moment that people do extend him some grace as well as we all deserve some grace once in a while. People will forget about this in 48 hours. Um, uh, 24. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 10. <laughs> uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Tim here from Del Mar, California, and I wanted to kind of comment on this Britney Spears stuff. Um, I'm going to say what that one guy said years ago. Uh, leave Britney alone. Um, she's just dancing in her house. It's, it's not that big of a deal. With knives. You know, Shakira did with, it a few weeks knives. ago at the VMAs. With knives. Yeah, but Shakira did it a, a few weeks ago at the VMAs. I mean, nobody's complaining about that. Shakira was using prop knives. I mean, I don't know for sure, but those sure are probably prop props. knives. I mean, when you he say- He said them, hers are prop knives. There you know that they're not prop knives. You heard them clang together. They're not props. Yeah, they props. did make a little boom. Yeah, right. right. And when you say leave Britney alone, she really is alone. And a lot of people are saying that may not be a good thing. Possibly. Uh, one more. Hi, I'm Dawn from Trinidad and Tobago. To be honest, I'm not a Swifty, but I must give her her props for what she has done so far in getting young Americans to register to vote. She became very vocal in 2018, and she was an influence that we cannot deny. Newsom is right. She can shift seats with new votes, and that's a very big deal. If it wasn't, Republicans wouldn't be shaking in their American flag boots. Swift can lead a revolution if she wanted. She's that powerful. All that was 
True. I, I, I don't disagree with a thing you said. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, a few months ago, we were talking about Cher getting ready to walk down the aisle. Yep. Because uh, A.E., her boyfriend at the time, had proposed. She had a ring she was walking around town in. And then they broke up. So, cut to Paris, where Cher is at uh, a Fashion Week event for Balmain. And on her arm is... Him! Other than A.E. Uh, they back. are back together, it seems. A front row at the Paris Fashion Show. Uh-huh. Um... I am surprised at this a little bit. Well, this is sort of nostalgic I, for them. This They met last year at a Paris Fashion Week event. So maybe that's all it is? Good for her. If, she's, if it makes her happy. If it makes her happy. Now, can we see it. in any of those photos from yesterday? Oh, the ring? Did she have the ring on? Because that would be... Oh, my God. Look at where it's cut off. Ah, let's see. Can you zoom in? Uh, that is... I don't see a ring. Nope, not on that finger. And it's not the ring finger, no. No. Nope. All right, so no ring, but we'll see what... The future holds. To be continued. We will see you tomorrow.